0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today is Wednesday, October 28th. Caden Rutherford here. It's been a long time. Feels good to be back on the airwaves, uh, penetrating everyone's ears. So here we are. Cody, how's it going, man? Good to see you, brother.
1: Yeah, it's good to be seen, man. It's been a while. We haven't got together. We've both been busy. Um, and
0: sometimes life just gets in the way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, been no secret that I hadn't been on the road. So. Yeah,
1: and I have been. Um, and going to the Bash, which obviously was right here, and then Vegas. and then, But, yeah, it's a little hard to podcast when we're both not in the same area, at least. I know oh, I miss
0: it. I miss it. We had a pretty solid run there, regular scheduled programming there for a long time but uh growing you were up also busy,
1: i mean you were also busy staying here and selling yeah. long drinks so yeah i been slinging that long drink and long drink for everyone
0: wondering is absolutely killing it make sure you go and uh, pick up a six-pack while you're picking up some ghostwood whiskey absolutely they're at shrick's liquor in hudson oaks uh, don't forget ghostwood whiskey is on the shelves uh get our plug uh, for mr lock there ghostwood is so good by the way we've been up to a lot of fun stuff with them that's another one of the things that we've been really busy with uh yep. doing some promotional stuff getting ready for the fiturity. Um i'm sure we'll be re- releasing some of that content um through the section k podcast channel so be looking for some of that um Hedlund, we did have some fun kicking back some uh ghostwood whiskey yeah uh, for a couple of days out at the perks ranch um what'd you think about some of that
1: oh it was fun um just kind of the whole aspect of it obviously was really cool you know
0: it was different too. and
1: uh it's gonna be really exciting because i feel like um it was a better extension of our podcast you know and i feel like we just kind of sat around and were able to talk to you know a lot of these guys and talk to them about ghostwood whiskey and but also just talk about stories you know um and We don't want to – no spoilers or anything. Yeah, we had some
0: people that we have had on the podcast before join us and then some people that we had never had on the podcast before that we've been talking about having on. Uh, We met some people um, that we didn't realize lived as close to us that were as uh, big of rodeo royalty. We'll just leave it at that. So um, that was really fun. Big thanks, as always, to Lock Perks. Um, Ghostwood Whiskey is now the sponsor A sponsor of the NCHA Foundation, I believe. I've been seeing a lot of press about that. Might Uh, even
1: be the official whiskey. I think that's right. I think that's
0: correct. Um, So so that's really cool to see just seeing the whole process of Ghostwood. I remember whenever you first told me that Locke had contacted you hey, Locke's starting a a whiskey company, him and his son Lucas rather, uh, starting a whiskey company, and I wanted to know what we could do to help out and just seeing the growth of it from doing our podcast with Lucas and Locke to. Tasting the whiskey for the first time and then now seeing it in stores in Texas and really all over West Texas, um, just kind of in some limited spots in North Texas. But um, it really is some good stuff. The Brazos Bash was the first show that you went, uh, showed at Headland right in our backyard, went and did some good at. Um, dual Clay, I remember, I think he marked like what, like a 228 or yeah, something in the finals.
1: And, and uh, Grant Setnica and Jamie Snyder and Counting Hot Checks um both marked 228s obviously the scores were high as heck out there at the bash like they tend to be um but all in all it was a good cutting and our good friend matt miller won the open five six-year-old with uh, another high score of 225 um you know it was a it was a good cutting it was a tough cutting like the bash could be um at times it gets a little tight in the small pin with the stands up to the side, and, but uh, the cows were pretty damn good this year, and the horses were all good, and I think they were fresher than they have been in years past too because we had, you know, the time off, and it was a good cutting.
0: Pacific Coast Faturity, Dual Clay continued her winning ways. I feel like that mare really caught fire this fall after the COVID. Obviously, she looked really good at the futurity. Um We had talked to Grant about her during the quarantine stuff, um, and he obviously loved her. She looked like she was easy to love.
1: Another um, Richard Jordan yeah, trained just unit.
0: trained to death, ready to roll. And, um, yeah, it was really great to see Dual Clay. I think she did well in the non-pro out there at, at yep. the Pacific Coast. Uh, Constance in the saddle, won the non-pro derby. Our man Cody Headland was reserved in both the derby and the classic challenge out at the Pacific Coast Futurity. So made that little trip worthwhile didn't have to win all your money at the uh, craps table like you usually do headless. which
1: i didn't win any money at, at the craps table but you know it was uh it was constance's first show back in a while too i believe and it kind of i was happy for her, obviously like we always are when our fellow competitors do well but I kind of wish she didn't come back because then I would have been first in both of them. But.
0: Yeah, catch Constance <laughs> taking some pretty unbelievable yeah. photos and um, check out her Instagram. I think it's Constance Yeagie Photography. She's been doing some really cool stuff. Yep, absolutely. Um, whether but- it's in her studio or um, in London or England or New York or wherever it is, she takes some really cool stuff. But yeah, whenever she comes to the Chopin, she's usually mounted and yeah. she's usually ready to go
1: no and it's uh, obviously i'm being kind <laughs> of, yeah i was happy for her, just like like i said like i always am but um and congratulations to everybody that did well there in the open uh everybody in the regular open classes the three-year-old the four-year-old and the five six-year-old every single class was won by whoever was the first person out in that set Really? And even in the fraternity, I believe. Oh, no, the fraternity was just one set, too. But, um, yeah, every single person in the regular open finals that won the class was uh, first in that set. So, we had Chris Johnsrude winning the Pacific Coast fraternity, going over a million when he won the Pacific Coast fraternity. Uh, he was first in that set on a horse for cool. John McLaren, Mark 221. John McLaren one of the best guys in the industry. Um, Long time supporter of the nca Long time supporter. on one smart looking cat, the fraternity champion. Craig Morris aboard. um The four year old, good buddy from up in Colorado, Kenny Platt. Little naked dancer, marked 223 for Hank and Karen True. And, uh you know, he was first out. And then right after him, Hayden Upton on Hal Harvey Keen's horse, Cat Play. And Hayden's been doing a lot of good on that horse. And, he ended up second and was second in the draw. And then finally in the open five, six-year-old, Matt Gaines and Sugar Spice and everything nice marked him a 226 to win that championship first out in the draw. And I thought that was crazy. I mean, how many cuttings do we go to? And we don't really take that much notice of the draw a lot of times. And there's a lot of times when first isn't – you know, people don't like first. but Especially in the finals. Yeah, every, every championship in, uh, in Vegas in the open. The regular open was a one from the first hole draw.
0: Sugar, spice, and everything nice. always have to say it, but that's a Section K name favorite. Um, obviously a really good mare. Matt yeah, Gaines has gone to a do a, a lot of good on her. I think she was crippled for a little bit and uh, came back from being sore and yep. hasn't missed a after beat. After a so. four-year-old year, I think she yeah. was done after the
1: derby. I want to say that's
0: right. Cause she, I remember, obviously, at the Kit Kat Sugar Super Steaks when we – we're talking about all the Kit Kat sugars with Pete Branch. That was one of the ones that uh, we all loved, yep. Pete loved. Um, yep. I think Matt had won Ardmore on her before that. And yeah, he had won something. And done some good other other places there. So we had been talking about her, and obviously that name is hard to forget. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just good to be back talking about cutting. I've missed yep. us being able to get together. Yeah, Porterfield, our guy Porterfield did some, yeah, did he some did good. Yeah, uh, he He made the finals, I guess it was, at the Cotton Stakes in the – in the regular open on blue smart for the stanford performance horses and then went yep. out to to uh he actually won the intermediate open at the cotton stakes i believe yep and then went out to vegas made the regular open finals and the intermediate open finals as well so uh, yep. another one of our section k boys doing some well out in vegas so big congrats to you guys killing it out there um then he came back came back hadn't missed a beat got off your cutting horses um, showed in the cow horse for cutters We'll get to that here in a sec But man, the snaffle bit for um, We interviewed Lance Johnson last year And I feel like we got super excited about the cow horse And this year did not disappoint What an unbelievable event The NRCHA put on um, I didn't get to make it up there very much But being able to watch the finals uh, Just the whole broadcast As always Darren uh, Darren Moore was the announcer As he always is at the NRCHA events um, Russell um, on the broadcast as well, just killing it like like those guys at Cowhorse Full Contact do. It was really fun getting to
1: hear his point
0: of view uh, during the finals. But man, what were your thoughts on the on the bit You got to spend a whole lot of time up there this year.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a fun event. It's uh, it's good for the industry in this area, North Texas, um, and I think it's been good for their own their own. Uh, association moving it to texas they've had a lot of su- success um they paid one hundred twenty-five thousand 000 this year uh, the stands were packed it's a fun time uh, even with the, the hack- covid the, yeah. the stands were packed yeah i mean not packed yeah, but i'm sure they didn't sell as many tickets because there were sure. spots that were empty right but yeah no i mean there was people in the, a bunch of people in there um it was loud in there had a lot of fun the hackamore finals was really good um, the Yellowstone banner was a little bit of a topic of conversation. Yeah, I saw that on <laughs> on social media.
0: Um, that was so ridiculous. Talk a man. little bit about. You said you sat in there and watched the whole whole Hackamore finals. Just kind of start from the beginning. Like what um, what was going on?
1: Why was there a Yellowstone
0: banner so, up for those that, that weren't following? So Yellowstone,
1: along? the hit TV show. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> uh, it was doing some filming i believe which is cool that's for, really cool for the hackmore stuff and which is probably i mean yeah they obviously wouldn't be there if you know we, we weren't going to see it on yellowstone here in the next you know yeah next, next summer yeah or wh- whenever it comes out but it's um, coming
0: summer i guess rather
1: yeah well actually i missed the very first set i was riding my cow horse uh practicing hoping i didn't fall off and look like an idiot out there um so I, was, I missed the first set. I didn't know what happened. I was uh, washing my horse off, and I heard them uh, announce that, all right, everybody, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take this banner down, run the second set, and then later on in the evening, or at the end of the day, we're going to have the finals again for the first set of this Hackamore finals and run it again. Without the banner in there. So. I'm on my way to watch the second set. I get in there. And I'm trying to figure out. I didn't know what happened. So I was asking around. And they were telling me. That. So what little I know about the cow horse stuff. Is these horses. They ride these horses in the arena a lot. They're running around fast circles. And running at the walls. When they're. You know doing their rundown. That. They ride these horses around in the arena a bunch to get them comfortable with the arena, just like we do when we take our three-year-olds into Fort Worth, right? Just get them used to everything. Well, all of the outside was the same. Well, because they were doing this filming for the Yellowstone, they had put a Yellowstone banner on the back gate where all these horses, their very first rundown, run into. And... It was making all these horses spook, apparently, because they hadn't seen it before and it looked like a black hole on the I back, think the yeah.
0: term was glossy yeah. It was used on it Facebook. Was,
1: it was different. It wasn't it didn't have a matte finish, you yeah. know, it was very, very bright and it was a black sign and it went all the way to the ground and there was a white border around the whole arena except for that one part. It falls a horse i have been sketched out too. Exactly. To. And it's something new and as much as you know, everybody's been around horses enough, I would think, that's listening to this podcast. You know, you can ride a horse in, in the arena the same way 30 times and you change the way this banner's hung or, you know, there's something flapping on the gate. Some, Get your ass bucked up. Yeah, off. they're going to spook at it, right? So it was making all these hackamore runs in the first set mess up. So then they're talking about taking the banner down, running the second set. In the meantime of all this, Taylor Sheridan, the producer of Yellowstone, um, gets on the mic and he says we're going to leave the banner up and i apologize for making all these horses get scared and everybody in this class is getting first place money that's pretty cool and so he he didn't pay everybody 13,000 but he made their check equal to the 13,000 that was the champion's check so and there was so much controversy on facebook about perform or participation trophies and stuff. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, these horses were scared because of that. He was trying to make a TV show. Yes, they probably should have went back, and they probably should have told everybody what they were doing, put it in there, let them all walk around it, blah, blah, blah. It would have been perfectly fine. But it wasn't, and dude, as sucked. An, as an owner, though, that's, like, legit. I mean, that's awesome. I would awesome. not be upset because, about that. Because here it is, like – you know, there was only a couple horses that actually didn't break pattern in the reigning, right? And those, you know, Aaron Torremino won the Hackamore. Her horse was great. It was awesome. It was fast. It was really fun to watch. But her horse didn't break pattern, and he didn't get scared of it. Well, that you can't, I mean, it's just hard to, you know, say that's fair. I mean, her horse was broke and wasn't worried about it. But these other ones were, and they were just as good of horses or, you know, and she had the best run that night. So she was still the champion. It's just everybody else got a check too. And I thought it was just a cool gesture for Taylor Sheridan to be like, Hey man, we messed up.
0: Yeah. They made it right. They made it absolutely. right. absolutely.
1: And for the whole content of the, their show that is going to do wonders for the NRCHA and snaffle bit and what Taylor Sheridan's doing for Yellowstone. I don't see the problem with it. Like, Aaron Tormino was still that Open Hackamore champion, and I think, you know, well that's was still a reserve champion. To me,
0: it's just like a way of Taylor Sheridan obviously making it right with the owners and the competitors of the NRCHA. But I'm sure he knows that a lot of his list or a lot of his audience are from this community, yeah, and absolutely um, a big part of the reason why that show has gotten as big as it is is because he's had. Cowhorse people on there. I think it was this last season they had. He's had rainers, you know, Corey whole- Cushing, and they had a bunch of these cowhorse guys. Though I think it was on this Doug Williamson. Yeah, um, I think they were at a cowhorse clinic. I want to say um, in season two. So yeah, it's cool to see Sheridan just doing the right thing. Just because, like yeah, I said, as an owner, exactly. it would suck to. You're all pumped up about making the Open Hackamore Finals at the Snaffle fraternity which is a hell of an accomplishment. Absolutely. Uh, it takes a hell of a horse to do that. And then mm-hmm. for just something weird like that to take you out of it, that kind of sucks. So, um, obviously, Taylor Sheridan's a horseman. He's been around horses a lot and yep. understands that element to it and wanted to make it right. So, uh, kudos to him.
1: And sure as shit, I'm sitting there watching the second set of the Hackamore. And you watch these horses run straight down at it, and hardly anybody was really even going to the middle because that's where that banner was, you know. And you're seeing these horses stop and plant it, and then just get up, all worried and yeah. looking straight at it. It's like, how can you not see that this banner visibly Is it, affected? I mean, every single one. Certainly. And it was just, it, I felt so terrible about all these uneducated people on the internet that were just sitting there just running their mouth. They weren't even there. They didn't see it. You'll have that. And, oh, <laughs> won't you? <laughs> You'll have that. And, and here it is like a guy trying to make it right. Cause it was his shows, you know, decision to do yeah. that. And, and, but anyways, it ended up being a great deal. Uh, like I said, Aaron Torrimino killed it. Her horse was great. Didn't spook, but who cares? That's, we all got to deal with the same things and that's just part of it. That's part of riding horses. It's the same thing if you walk down to a cutting and the ground's too deep. Are you going to get mad about it? Well, for one, the ground guy is not going to give you make your check. The same as all the champions. Yeah, but, odds aren't good at that. But hand. everybody else has got to compete with the same ground, so it's like that's kind of part of it sometimes. That's showing horses, yeah. you know. We all got to deal with the same conditions.
0: Absolutely. This past Saturday night, had the snaffle Bit Open Futurity Intermediate Open Futurity and Limited Open Futurity Finals, and it was a show for the ladies. Yeah, it was. Sarah Dawson, Selva Ray for the Aaron Ranch, had an unbelievable fence work. I think you said it about a year ago. It all comes down to the fence work, or Lance, I think, said it whenever we That's had him on after. That's what they
1: tell me. I'm just repeating. I don't know this count Once stuff. again, though. Once again, though. It sure did. sure came down
0: to the fence sure work, did. and that was a hell of of fence work. Um, what can you say about the whole Dawson performance horse team? Obviously, go back and listen to Chris Dawson on the Section K podcast, and you can just tell uh, the type of dude he is. He's just a fun, loving, uh, great guy to be around, and his wife is the exact uh, same way. Obviously, just coming off the birth of her first child um, not even six, seven months ago, and uh, coming back and whipping everybody's ass in the open fraternity. Um, that just says everything you need to know about her and her drive and her competitiveness and um just the type of horsewoman that she is. Um, living right there in wit, I've gotten to know them pretty well and you know Chris and Sarah extremely well. And yeah, I mean I just couldn't be happier for the two of them. They're a team that's unbelievable. Uh they work together all the time and um was just cool to see that horse is incredible like you said everyone liked her other horse better that won the won the go rounds and uh she comes back and wins it on this one so that just shows you how good of a of a horsewoman she is and how good those horses are well and how
1: much it does come down to the fence run you know and and the type of cow you get when they let that one out you know that's they there's no picking in their their division or their sport you know we get a chance to sit up there and pick cows and Sometimes even cut a rerun because it was good enough, you know. But uh, they get the one that they're dealt, and she made it all count on on her second one. And it was pretty darn good. Zane Davis, he made three and ended up second on Snapdragons, I believe. He had a heck of a fence run too, and it was the same. I think that one's out of catnip. Yeah, which she's a full sister to kittens. Yep, that's right. Mm -hmm. And, I mean... Like, it come down to the fence work then, too. I mean, there's a lot of – there's a couple other horses that were maybe a little higher with scores higher before they even got to the fence run, but those two horses had the best fence runs, and that was your first and second place winners. Well, then and, you're looking at our boy Clay Volmer. Yep, exactly, he, and he had a phenomenal run in the herd work. And same thing, like, his cow might not have been as tough and didn't run as hard or, you know, maybe he couldn't get to the head or get it stopped as quick, but it was just still a good run. It just, it, like they say, it just always comes of offensive. Yeah, the we'll,
0: we'll talk about one of our friends that won the limited open here in a sec, but uh, Clay Vollmer I feel like is another uh, person. This cow horse deal just seems like it's his calling. Yep. He was an excellent cutting horse trainer and um, kind of did both for a little while, and he's pretty much made this cow horse deal um, his full-time gig. And yep. really his style is so good, I mean – you go from the herd work and then watching him rain like he can go from doing one event to the other i mean pretty flawlessly and i think that's obviously what it takes um doing the herd work and worrying about drawing, and then going to the going to the rain work and everything's forward 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 mm-hmm. so um that was just another one that caught my eye him and jordan williams horses uh that i think was a high drive cat that slick robinson owns mm-hmm. um both of those really caught my eye on the herd work um just fun to watch yeah
1: well, and Jordan's another one too that had, I believe he made his first open, open finals, correct. open finals, and there was a couple of them in there that that had done that. When well, he's kind of a
0: redemption story, I know last year he had a horse that he had extremely high hopes for, and he overspun in the go rounds. I think he had like a. He was going to mark like a 222 in the rainwork uh, in the go rounds and overspun. So obviously he got a zero and didn't end up showing. So it's yeah. cool to see some redemption like that. You have a little tough luck and come back and um, make the big open finals for your first time. But um, in the intermediate open, the champion of that was Mr. Todd Fitch. He rode SJR Smooth Caddy. Um, intermediate reserve champion Aaron Toromino. And bad to the boon. That's a pretty cool name. That intermediate deal is cool. That pays a lot. Yeah. Pays it a pays lot. Pays
1: really good. And especially, you know, it's it's good for, you know, those those up and comers like we're just talking about. Um and, you know, it's been good for in our industry too. I mean it's gives another shot for somebody to make some money and get some happy customers and keep on training horses. Yeah, and then in the Limited Open,
0: our really one of our best friends, Gusty Berger, she's worked in the horse industry really since I've been cutting, whether it was working for Matt Miller, uh, working right there at Fazenda Barinha for Mo and Armando. Um, she's been around and been one of my biggest cheerleaders, been one of your biggest cheerleaders uh, for – as long as we've been shown, as long as we've known her. So it was yep. cool to see her. She made all three finals on yep. Sweet Voodoo Mama, came in uh, from Idaho. I'm sure, obviously, had a little pressure on her after winning the limited open at the Reno a bit Futurity. So knew she had a good horse, wanted to do well, and came in and rocked it. I was so happy for Gusty, um, that little yellow horse, tried its guts out, tried her guts out, and, uh, yeah, it was fun to see that. I mean, it's cool yeah. to see I, I, on that broadcast. It was just awesome hearing um, Russell – I can't remember who the other commentator was, but uh, they did an awesome job. of Just talking about how cool it was for both her and some of these other folks to be eligible for all three buckles and yep. uh, being able to come in and win as much money being eligible for, for all three classes. But, man, it was cool Cool to see Gusty in there.
1: Yeah, I was super proud of her. She's been a good friend of mine for a long time. Grew up in the, in the cow horse circles. Um, switched over to cutting. Rode two-year-olds for – Many cutting horse trainers, and then went back to the snaffle bit stuff cow horse stuff wrote a lot of two year olds that went on to win yep. a lot of money yep absolutely and has and has done a really good job and and that's just it, you know I mean, like we're talking about the limited open and the intermediate open how it's very cool to help or to see it help somebody get a start you know the op i mean we're talking about the best horsemen in and the best horses in most of these finals in the open divisions, right? And that's tough. I mean, we talked about it last year, how much it took to make our fraternity finals, and most it's ever taken. And its it, I'm sure it's no different in the snaffle bit. And it's going to continue to be that way and continue to get tougher because it's going to continue to get bigger and grow because it already has been. And to see Gusty go down there and make her first open fraternity finals and – win the limited and just yeah point and a half out of the intermediate got a solid check in the intermediate and it's just so cool for her she deserves it she's worked hard for it and it'll it'll really help her you know business and, and all these people's business that did well and are gonna continue to do well it's just a good way to keep on growing the sport helping helping people make their way Keep owners happy, and keep on growing this business. You pay more people, you're gonna have more happy people, and people are gonna keep coming back, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the <laughs> Snaffle Bit Futurity, um, not only obviously it panned super well, but with the COVID, they didn't even think they were probably gonna even be able to have an event at yeah. one point this year, and then to see it as successful as it was, and um, I think it was the second female in all of NRCHA history to win the open snaffle bit fraternity. So, with just that alone, um, you throw the COVID out the window. But just the second woman being able to win the open Futurity in the NRCHA—that's a, I mean, that's record breaking. Yeah. That's hit, That's a historical year in and of itself. So, um, awesome to see Sarah Dawson taking her horse and and uh, winning that Snafflebit bit open Futurity champion championship. Obviously awesome to see Gusty Berger. Uh, I felt like that's been her calling for forever. Um, Got to shout out Pam Berger on this podcast. I know she hauled a lot of miles. Um, she's obviously Gusty's she's biggest fan. Uh, one of the most awesome ladies that I've met uh, showing this, showing horses and being involved with horses. So I wanted to take this second and big shout out to Pam.
1: Yeah. Side story, because I am such good friends with Gusty, she had me trotter her around for the herd work oh, yeah, that's finals. Right. You got her ready in yeah. the herd work. And it was it was kind of cool. I, well, yeah, I was really, really nervous. I've trotted and loped a lot of horses yeah. for a, a lot of finals, never in the Snaffle bit like, finals. Tell his so that... <laughs> cat for your dad a lot. <laughs> yeah, but that was just riding him around like I normally yeah, did. It that's was true. You know, it was a lot of those other guys that I, you know, that weren't my dad. Yeah. But still, like, I was way more nervous for this than I'd ever been in a long time getting horses ready. Gotten horses ready at the Open Fraternity Finals. That's fun, obviously. And then get to do one at the Snaffle Bit Fraternity Finals. That was really cool. Really, really cool. I was so nervous, though. Like, so Not nervous. Bad, dude. Because so I was like, what do I do? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know that dude, much about this. Should I bridle this thing up? Like, <laughs> yeah. what do I do? do I uh, just <laughs> –
0: nope, just trot. Trotter. Just trot. But yeah, so no, you were okay. more nervous for that than for the cow horse for cutters, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, I – that was so fun. That was so fun. I had I had a lot of fun, just being around a bunch of different people. Uh, obviously, Clayton and Chelsea Edsel they let me borrow uh, their son's kid's horse, and I had a little bit of uh, of pressure because their son Weston had already won two trophies and a rib, couple blue ribbons, in the Buckaroo Lead Line that week. Oh man! So like I. I couldn't let her down. <laughs> I couldn't let Stella down. So it was uh it was pretty nerve wracking. i I've, I've never done anything like that. I had uh I jacked around and changed leads on my horses at the house just yeah. like we all have loping horses around. Um How different was the preparation like on show day than what you're used to? Uh it was way less.
0: <laughs> oh really? Yeah,
1: way less. Um I practiced the day before, attempted my lead changes. <laughs> did not do very well
0: so what do you do like right before like what are you doing are you like trotting around an hour before you go in there like how how does that work
1: i walked her around i gave her to my trainer clayton he schooled her (laughs) i thought it looked good and and i just walked and i mean for that you got to so I thought
0: it looked pretty good on the webcast when I watched the show. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, obviously, don't know anything about showing yeah, a cow horse or me. Raining that was or the first
1: time I've ever done anything like that. So um, we had a real simple pattern for the raining, but we had to go in there do a raining pattern, and then we had to box for 50 seconds, and then you could, if you wanted to, take it down the fence. Well, me being who I am, I was like, "Duh, we're going down, down the fence. I'm taking this calf down the fence." <laughs> But then I got to thinking about it, and after I rode still around the first day, and knowing she was a kid's horse, I was like,
0: maybe not. Maybe but- not. Like, <laughs>
1: but, you know, we'll see. And so Clayton and I kind of talked about it, and he said, well, if it's really, really fast, maybe just box it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm I'm fine with that. I, I understand. He's like, because I don't know if she can keep up. Well, lo and behold, when I boxed it, it was not a fast one, and it was pretty – Numb, and the downfall to having to box for fifty seconds is Stella was out of air <laughs> when we went down there. So, but I took it down the fence and made some turns and then circled it up and didn't fall off, didn't lose my hat, didn't break the raining pattern, and ended up third. I on saw the a first time. Doing I saw it. a couple so, hats
0: in the dirt during the cow yeah. horse for cutters for sure. Well,
1: I kind of got a lot of crap because I was wearing my straw, and it was cold out, which. I understand, like, and it's you know, it's like after, sixty degrees after cold Labor in Texas. Day. But you got to wear your felt after Labor Day, right? So th- those are the rules.
0: Will you imagine at our fraternity, but, If you're wearing a straw hat at our fraternity, you get a lot of tr- yeah. trash talk. Well, and here, and so. the
1: professionals were mainly wearing their felt. Yeah. So, but I could suck my straw hat way down a lot tighter, S- stuck to the <laughs> noggin <laughs> a little bit better than the black <laughs> than, felt. than the felt. So, but I I was not gonna lose my hat, and I was really really trying not to break pattern but you know it's a it's a lot of fun we need to do that for the cow horse people because it's it's really fun to you know intermingle with everybody they put on a great event and you know we we probably talk about the cow horse stuff when it comes up a little bit more because it's all foreign to us you know like the cutting horse when you think about it it
0: it would be pretty easy for them to i mean whether it's Going back to like a grassroots style of cutting, like we did that one year at the Derby, where they mm-hmm. bring in a judge and put some cows in the watt And I mean, yep. I know there's a lot of gracious people in the NCHA that would love to donate some old, older horses that um, could probably get some people excited about cutting and addicted yeah. to cutting. Because I know uh, myself, coming from Midland, Texas, living in the city, all I all it took was me getting on one one time, and yeah. um, I'll probably be doing this for a while.
1: Yeah, no, and <laughs> and I I'm. I'm really excited like i wanna I wanna do the yeah, you wanna do it again I mean I also like I have a stud yeah it's another so avenue it it's another avenue and
0: well and to me, it looks like i mean like i said i I have no experience training horses, but you look at your people that do both I mean huge shout out to Spud Sheehan yep. he had some success in the intermediate open as well to snuff a bit of futurity, but to me like I feel like the, the cow horse or the cutting, however, whatever order you want to put it, has made your Boyd Rices and your Spuds and your Clay Vollmers, a lot of those guys better as horsemen and made their horses a whole lot better because they're doing different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're out of their comfort zone, obviously. Like you said, show day preparation, way different way for different. cow horse event. I'm sure when Boyd wakes up a week before the futurity, the cutting futurity going to be a whole lot different than what he was doing a week before the snaffle bit fraternity or a yep. week before the world's greatest horseman um so to me that's why i think it's so intriguing and i mean you can do both you look at gusty Berger. you look at boyd rice you look at a lot of these people park greason another one that's yep. one he's i think he's won the reserve in the amateur fraternity and he did well on the non-pro snaffle bit fraternity and always kicking tail in the hack more in the older classes in the non-pro as well
1: that's another thing that you just uh reminded me of uh brent pollock the non-pro snaffle bit fraternity champion this year you guys need to go out and watch his video it's got to be on facebook or the internet somewhere i'm
0: sure it's on the NRCHA facebook page yeah
1: he the video they did after him winning was super cool they raised their own horses y'all gotta go watch it he seems like a super cool guy i saw him down there on open fraternities finals night and i told him congratulations and he's like yep i'm just a blessed man and that's cool it, it was just a super cool story um yeah, so shout-out to him. The name in the- Josh Briggs sounded fun. Oh, yeah, and he he was another one in the non-pro yeah. that did really well. He had two. I think he was second and yeah, third. Yeah, his maybe, horses th- looked really oh, nice. Yeah, and he, obviously, and, and Miles guess, Brown,
0: per the, usual, has always yep, brings Miles, a nice one. Miles two, two did two great, nice ones. too.
1: Man, it, it's it's just a fun event, and it's growing, and it's getting better. Not that it was bad before, but it's just growing, so it's they're making it better. They have to make you know. And it's going to keep paying more, and, and it's going to keep bringing more and more people there. The rope horse fraternity is there, and it's getting bigger every year. And it's just a, it's just an all-in-all cool event. It's good for North Texas. It's good for the quarter horse industry, especially the cow horses that we, we all raise. I mean, half the horses in there cutting bread, you know. And it's, it's good all the way around. It's good to intermingle. It's good to, you know, see people from other sports. It's, it's a great event. And like we say every time we watch one of these things, you all need to make sure you show up for one. Yeah. Whether it's the world's greatest or one that's over in Vegas or one that's in Idaho coming up. I mean, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And big congratulations to all the champions up there because I mean, you know, riding 3-year-olds, it's some days you love them, some days you hate them and um I Yeah, know, they put a lot of work yeah, into these colts. Whole whole lot of work. Yeah. That's like you were talking about them trotting circles and getting them used to that arena. Sometimes getting used to that arena is it one o'clock in the morning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because to me, that's what's running, crazy about the cow horses. They're running, inv- all day. they're running events in those arenas. So it's not like you can go practice during the day. It's not like you can get up at 9 a.m., get your coffee, have breakfast at the Old South Pancake House, cruise over there about, you know, 10, 30, 11, saddle up, stretch your legs. You like, no. Arena. It's like you've worked all day, been there all day, done all that stuff, and then you got to go ride in the arena in the middle of the night. And, I mean – Luckily, you know, I was blessed that I didn't have to do that because I just showed up and stella was ready to Your go and war horse had been in there a time Yeah, time or two, I bet. No. But but yeah, it's it's uh it's a lot of work and kudos to all those guys and obviously big congrats to all the champions, Sarah, Gusty, Todd, and all the other open champions, non pro champions, and everybody that had fun and won money at the Snaffle Bit
0: Certainly. And this has been a lot of fun getting back in the podcast group. In
1: the podcast groove, it's been
0: too long. Um, it's futurity season. Um, we'll be around the NCHA Faturity. Obviously, it's right in our backyard, so I'll uh, be looking for some, whether it's the Ghostwood content or um, some interviews that we'll be doing. I think we're going to be really trying to stick to um, kind of more in-depth content and uh, not so much results-based and kind of talking about um, cool storylines and uh, stories about cool people that are in the cutting or the rodeo or the cow horse, um, any of those industries, whatever it may be. So, um, be looking for, for some of that here over the next month or two. Um, thank you so much uh, for all those that have still been standing by us. We appreciate y'all coming back and listening.
1: We've missed you.
0: We've missed (laughs) y'all. Um, if there's anybody, um, send us some recommendations if you think there's anything that uh, we should talk about. We've been, um, taking a little break, obviously working, doing some other different stuff. So, holla at us you know where our you know where our dms are so um once again thanks so much for tuning in we appreciate it we'll see you on down the road
1: bye